Hello and welcome to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. I'm Bart. I'm Sam. Um, and we welcome you to join us um, while we try new coffees and talk about whatever we want. Yep. Um, Nothing's so off the table. Nothing is off the table. Um, tonight we are going to be talking about alcohol, um, the ins and outs and the history of alcohol, um, and just kind of like what that's all about. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Um, so typically what we do is we try a separate coffee every episode, um, usually a new coffee, uh, and kind of just give the rundown on what it tastes like, how good it is, what we recommend it maybe. Um, However... However, tonight we are not trying a new coffee. Um, it's new to the podcast, but uh, it's not new to us. We are drinking Pete's um, coffee. Um, some of you may have heard of Pete's before. Um, it's a really good coffee roaster. Um, and one of the first. One of the first. They actually started... Starbucks. Um, Starbucks. They sold their blending recipe, the or their roasting recipe, to Starbucks and a few other... Um, coffee roasters, which we had gotten into detail in a prior episode that we might have to release at a later date due to some technical issues. Um, we did do a whole episode on coffee. And it's history. And also, if you hear noises in the background, ignore it. Those are our dogs. Yeah. Um, they like to make an appearance every now and then. Um, but, so we're drinking a coffee from Pete's. Um, this particular coffee is the Major Dickinson's Blend. Um and the reason we're doing one that we have already had before, this is actually our um, our go-to coffee mm-hmm. that we drink pretty much every day. Um, but the reason we're just trying, we're just doing one that we normally drink all the time is because we've also added a little something extra um, into our coffee. Um, we're having some Irish cream in yeah. our coffee this evening um, in the spirit of our alcohol episode. Absolutely. Um, so that's, we didn't want to... You know, we we didn't want to compromise a new coffee. Yeah, compromise the the, co- the flavor of of a coffee we've never tried before. Yeah. So we already know what this one tastes like. Um, so tonight we're drinking again. That's Pete's Major Dickinson's blend uh, with some Irish cream. Um, it's not Bailey's. The one we're using is Saint Brendan's Irish cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of my favorite, honestly. I think yeah, it, I like really it a good. little. I, it's at least as good as Bailey's, yeah. and not nearly as expensive. Absolutely. Um, but, so without ado, we'll go ahead and have our coffee. Take our quote-unquote first sip. Yeah, the first sip or whatever. I've been sipping on this for a hot second. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's good. It's got the Irish cream in there, so a little kick. Make everything make everything more fun. Um, so, in going with that, um, I think you, you got a little bit, little bit of information about the, the Pete's Major Dickinson's Blend mm-hmm. Coffee, mm-hmm. um, specifically. So, what, what did you find out about, about this coffee? So, according to their website, um, the beans themselves are from the Latin America and Indo-Pacific region. Um, I also found out this really interesting story that it wasn't a Major Dickinson. It was, um... Just like a officer, Officer Key Dickinson, who was just like, "Hey, Mr. Beats, I've got this idea for a coffee," and so they major just sounded cool. And they yeah, just to they go they uh, he get Pete, uh, Mr. Pete's, Alfred Pete's, or like Pete's, yeah, gave him an upgrade. So once they perfected the the blend, so. mm, I wonder, wonder how the military felt about that. <laughs> um, 
Are you ready to learn? Yeah. So uh, again, tonight we're we're talking. Uh, our topic tonight is alcohol, um, and just alcohol in general. Now we may do some episodes later on more specifics, like mm-hmm. maybe an episode on whiskey, Abs- wine, um, wine. Uh, but right now it's just general alcohol, um, just kind of an overview. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk. What what is alcohol? Okay. So. Also, I said, are you ready to learn? And that actually probably everyone listening is probably like, rah, rah, no way. But I promise it's it's interesting facts. So um, alcohol is produced when yeast breaks down sugars in a particular food substance, usually like fruit or potatoes. Um, so anything that's like starchy or sweet. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it breaks down like sugars or starches because starches are sugars, you know what I mean. Um so it's the product that is produced by that breakdown is called ethanol or ethyl alcohol. Uh, other known names, you know, giggle juice, hooch, fire water, liquid courage. You get the deal. Um, so ethanol is primarily digested in your small intestine because the molecules are incredibly small and they can easily pass through the and be absorbed by the villi and microvilli that line the walls of your small intestine. Hmm. Um, that also explains why... Uh, <laughs> If you eat before you drink, the effects are slowed because you've got food in your stomach. And while some of the alcohol right. can be absorbed so your in your stomach. small intestine is kind of busy already. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So basically, after it's absorbed in your small intestine, it's transported to our liver. Um, and then some of it gets filtered out at that point. But the rest goes to the heart and then the lungs and then back to the heart to be carried through the rest of the body, including the brain. So the brain is where we feel, obviously, the most effects of alcohol. And so the three main effects that happens in your brain, it affects or it affects three main neurotransmitters in your brain, I should mm. say. Okay. So it decreases the electrical activity, which slows it down. It also increases, like, the dopamine receptors in your brain, which are, like, your reward center. So it's, right, so it makes you feel good about stuff and get mm-hmm. excited. Absolutely. Cool. Um, it also tells the hypothalamus to tell the kidneys to stop absorbing water, which means more water then gets turned into waste, and that explains why you're, like, your hangover symptoms, because you're basically dehydrated. Okay, so that, that makes sense. I, so I, I did know that hangovers were basically just dehydration, mm-hmm. but I didn't know why. So that would also make sense of why... When you're having an eventful night out, um, you tend to have to have to go urinate Pee. quite frequently. <laughs> absolutely, um, that's why because you're not absorbing any of that water. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting, so. interesting. So that's that's what alcohol is. I that's, never realized that it was absorbed in your small intestine until I started researching this. I thought it was like oh stomach whatever. Like I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew that like if you ate. Yeah, so right. it has to go like all the way through your stomach yeah. first, and I then that was into your super interesting. Yeah, um, so that's basically how it works and what it does. Um, let's go a little bit about the history. This um, one's exciting. Yeah, so I, there there's a lot of cool little facts and like how things got started or whatever. So let's um, how did how did humanity's history with alcohol begin? Actually, it's funny that you say that because if you are of the evolutionary mindset, um, actually, like we are. Um, <laughs> Actually, alcohol technically predates humanity. So primates have been eating fermented fruit for like a really long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of animals doing that before. I remember there was a story about a bear that had gotten into some fermented apples and was Mm -hmm. just kind of like... Having a grand old time. Yeah. Just kind of (laughs) like drunk frolicking around a neighborhood. I would, um, that's terrifying. There a was some frolicking <laughs> drunk bear. Oh, it was awesome. 
he was like just tumbling around and like stumbling into stuff and it was hilarious <laughs> that's awesome um, so anyway like in 2018 they discovered a 13,000 year old brewery in Israel now for some context you know this because you're anthropologically minded um that's ice age old Right. That's really, really yeah, old. Yeah, that's way, 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 way back in the day. Yeah. So there's archaeological evidence for alcohol in almost every civilization known to man that we've, like, uncovered. Right. So the earliest forms of alcohol were usually some form of mead, which is amazing. Um, so it's fermented honey and water. That's, like, meat, what meat is at its basic core. Right. So sometimes... Typically more, like, Europeans... And yeah, yeah, European yeah. countries have mead. We yeah. don't really have a lot of that in, unfortunately, in the U.S. <laughs> unfortunately, um, but it is it is really good. Yeah. Um, so sometimes with berries and fruits added in, right? So like it's for example in China, this form of mead involves or in, used to involve um, fermented rice, honey, and fruit. So that's kind of mm-hmm. where the rice wine comes rice from. Rice wine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So unlike, so basically. Um, unlike Europe and the Middle East, where wine and beer grew in popularity, China abandoned the production of grape wine before writing was even a thing. Oh, that's a shame. I know, right? <laughs> so under the Han Dynasty, they abandoned beer in flavor of rice wine almost exclusively. Huh. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. So, well, like, did you so did you find out like, why? Why did they just get rid of grapes, or was probably, it just because they had so much rice? Well, probably because of like geographical like growing regions. I'll get yeah, into a little bit just later. Grow them well. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, like, rice wines are super strong, and this is really uncommon. But they're about twenty percent ABV, um, and they've been part of Chinese medicine for a really long time. And the twenty ABV is actually pretty uncommon, and I'll go into that. A little yeah, that's bit later. that's pretty high. Yeah. So, um, in ancient Egypt, both beer and wine were deified. So this, you know, you know me, this is like where I get kind of nerdy, um, even more nerdy than I already am. So Osiris was believed to be the God of the dead of life or fertility, um, of vegetable regeneration and of wine. So I added a little bit of information about Osiris here, which is not really necessary, but, (laughs) um, so beer was commonly available to everybody, but wine, however, was considered a rare delicacy because the climate wasn't conducive to growing grapes. So like beer is pretty self-explanatory. Like you put it in a you put it in some pots with some you know like yeah you don't and then really you let to... it right. Um, but wine, on the other hand, is kind of delicate. Yeah, the, the the grapes themselves are what what the issue is. Yeah, is, is making sure that you can grow them. Yeah. So, in my research, I found out that almost everybody, like I said, had access to beer. And so, beer was, while it was deified, it was kind of like... Anybody can make it. Right. And, like, it was given as part of, like, rations sometimes, too, so... As it should be. (laughs) But, yeah. So, um, the opposite was true, however, in Greece and Rome, where grapes grew in abundance. So... So, they... um, Just the climate there was a lot more amiable to growing the grapes so they that was that was most of what they drank Mm -hmm. wine for sure pretty much all wine yeah okay um so yeasts will ferment any plant sugar so people made alcohol from whatever crops they had lying around so Hmm. when i was first researching this i was like oh well this culture had this wine and they're like this ferment alcohol drink and i mean it was really hard to keep track of because I mean, basically, like it says, you like just make it out of anything. Yeah, literally any plant sugar. Yeah. Um, so, like, 
with the rise of alcohol and since, you know, everybody can pretty much make it their, their own kind, like obviously differing opinions came about on these fermented drinks. Um, in some places it was used for like strictly medicinal purposes. And then in others it was ritualized. So think, um, like in the Catholic, like, um, Oh, what's it called? Communion. Right. Right. Things like that. Um, and then at other places, people were kind of wary of it, like, because, mm, like, you can see the effects of alcohol. It's like, wow, that, that person's super drunk. <laughs> we don't want that. Yeah, maybe we should be careful with that. Right, right. Um, so since naturally fermented drinks usually, like, typically, obviously, aside from rice wines, they're only about 13 to 15% alcohol content, new ways needed to be discovered to up the, up the effects. Right. <laughs> so in the 9th century... Arabic writings um, described the first process of distillation. Mm-hmm. So and this is where we get liquor. liquor. Yep, spirits. So, so at first, these spirits were only medicinal because, I mean, obviously they're like right because they were just so strong. Fire water. <laughs> um, so, and then in the 16th century, they became a commodity because they could be put in a barrel on a boat, and they literally never spoil. Right. So, so they just keep for so. Mm-hmm. You could just you don't have to worry about it going bad at all. So mm-hmm. you can just have just a ton of it and sell it, trade it, yeah, yeah, ship it anywhere. You mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So um, I wasn't able to find anything much after that. Like it basically was getting traded all over the place. But then in um, 1789, the first temperance society was formed, and then in 1850. The Sazerac is often reported to be the first cocktail ever made, made in New Orleans. Right. Um, so. so first, let's go back. 1789, the first temperance society. So what is a temperance society? Basically, they were like, hey, alcohol's bad. You remember those people we talked about who were like, hey, you see those drunk people? We don't know if we want right. to be a so part of that. So these are kind of, <laughs> this is kind of the, the type of people that would, that, that started the prohibition movement later yeah. on. We'll get to that um, too, in history. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically what temperance is, is, is just people that are against Alcohol consumption. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but um, yeah, 1850. So 1850. Mm-hmm. The Sazerac. I have heard of that, but I've, I've never had one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I need to try one of these. So basically, it's cognac, absinthe, a cube of sugar, and then Peychaud uh, bitters. Yeah. Peychaud's bitters. I have some Peychaud's bitter, bitters. In, uh, Do you like my New Orleans uh, accent? Peychaud's. Is that good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the next big thing after 1850, um, is obviously prohibition. So that lasted for, what is that? Like 13 years? It's repeat. It starts in 1920 and it's repealed in 1933. So 13 13 years. I do. the dark times. Right. For for sure. Um, so I do have some fun facts about prohibition, which that's the only thing that makes prohibition any better, right? Is laughing about it later, but... (laughs) So, um, the 18th Amendment only forbade the manufacture, sale, and transportation of... They're saying hello. Yeah. (laughs) You guys done? Ignore ignore the dogs. Pay no attention to the dogs behind the podcast. So... Um, yeah, so it only forbade the like manufacture, sale, and transportation of the liquors, not their consumption. So if you already had it in your like in, then you could drink it, no problem. Right. So if you somehow you once you get your hands on it, it's not really <laughs> it wasn't illegal to just right. have it or to drink it. Right, and it I, was just illegal to 
to sell, sell it, it and, and, and move it. it. Yeah, yeah. And so, make it. well, there was a there was a thing a little bit later in prohibition that allowed people to make wine for like home use, mm-hmm. like for medicinal purposes, kind of thing. Um, but that was like, I don't know that that line got real fuzzy after a while, especially after a few rounds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the pharmacy um, or pharmacies were actually still able to sell it medicinally. So speakeasies were often disguised as pharmacies, like for like tax purposes and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I wish you could still go just down to your pharmacy and get yeah. just well, get some good bottle of liquor. Yeah, they used to, they also used to put cocaine in medicine too. So I don't know about all that, but <laughs> um, so those were the days. Exactly right. So hardware stores and grocery stores would sell lists of the equipment needed to make a distillery at home. Which I thought was super interesting. Yeah, that is that is crazy. So they were just saying, like, here's how you could do this if you, it weren't illegal. Right, exactly. Not... Yeah. <laughs> it just seems odd. Yeah. Um, hmm. So um, another thing, breweries and winemakers would sell wine bricks or malt syrup in order to uh, help stay afloat during these dark, dark times. <laughs> Uh, so basically, they would just be like, "Here's the stuff to do. Whatever you want to do with it." Um, so what? What is a wine brick? So essentially, it's just the oh gosh, I should know this. The it's like dried mash, right? Like that's pretty much all it is. It's just the dried. Okay, so this is like the stuff you you put in to make mm-hmm. to to start fermenting. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, and malt syrup is what's left over after you do the beer thing i don't know i know nothing about beer <laughs> get there. um so it was illegal to distill alcohol for industry well no, no no it was legal so totally okay to distill alcohol for industrial purposes so it was a common ingredient in paint paint solvents fuels medicine all that kind of stuff so it was still being made right and i remember hearing a lot of stuff about that too where like people would people would still uh, they would they would steal the ethyl alcohol that mm-hmm. they use for like paint thinners and stuff and just drink it back in the twenties. So funny you mention that because um, <laughs> bootleggers would in fact steal. You are absolutely correct. However, the government at times added chemicals such as methyl alcohol, which is wood alcohol, <laughs> formaldehyde, chloroform, all kinds of toxic toxic chemicals to these things. Just so people wouldn't drink it, right? Well, with well, yes, like that was kind of their hope. But right. methyl alcohol is incredibly dangerous. Like you die, and right. like you go blind, have seizures, death if you drink methyl alcohol. So there was this huge com- conspiracy because bootleggers were stealing this. And we're like, okay, cool, like we've got this alcohol, and they would sell it to the speakeasies, and people would drink it, and people were dying. Right. So it's kind of a. I mean, formaldehyde in your alcohol? Ugh. Like, oh my gosh. Crazy That's stuff. Be rough. Yeah. Heck of a hangover, I'm imagining. <laughs> if, yeah, if you stay, if you're, if you wake up. Um, one other interesting fact that I have is that Tennessee actually passed the first prohibition law in the United States on January 26th, 1838. Well, so this was almost 100 years before the prohibition in America. Mm-hmm. Tennessee just jumped the gun. I was just like, no, this is bad. Yeah, so oh, they made it a misdemeanor uh, to, let's see, sell alcoholic drinks. And, like, that obviously delighted all of the temperance people, right? Right. 
Um, so more than 70 years passed before the legislator outright barred the manufacture and sale and consumption of alcohol in 1909. So they were they did prohibition before prohibition was a thing. Right. Or we did because we live here. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like they were even way ahead of the prohibition bandwagon in 1909. So I thought that was mm. super interesting. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So I found that I found that information from a really great article on the Tennessee and it talks about Tennessee's really really intense and like awesome relationship with like um moonshining. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um so and after whiskey. after all that so prohibition's going on, people can't buy it. All of a sudden everybody kind of gets fed up with that because they realize, hey, it's not so bad. Yeah, it's real. Um so then it's it's repealed in 1933 so mm-hmm. alcohol is all cool again yeah um we don't have there's not a there's not really a whole lot that happens to alcohol after prohibition other yeah. than just marketing um stuff like that um, and the rise of like um like micro breweries and like local like craft. yeah so there were there were several breweries like big breweries like anheuser-busch um coors mm-hmm. uh, but then um something that's happened Within, I would say, probably the last 20, yeah. 25 years, the microbrewery uh, bang. Um, and then those are popping up everywhere. There's local beers all the time. Yeah, um, for sure. Of which I'm a huge fan. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's for another you're day. You're winning me over. <laughs> you're winning me over. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's pretty much all we've got on, on the history of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I want to go to a little bit... like. So we've talked about what it is. Um, we've talked about what happens to it along the way in our history. But so let's talk about the different kinds. So obviously yes. we, we've mentioned a few different things. We've mentioned beers. Uh, we've mentioned liquors. And we've mentioned wines and things like that. But what what are these different kinds of alcohol? I'm sure everybody's heard of them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you guys probably, I mean, they probably already know like 90% of the stuff we're going to talk about, but I do think it's interesting. Um, so like it's classified a few different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many, well, I say a few, like there's tons of different ways to classify it. Um, I found an article from craftybartending.com, um, that talks about that kind of breaks it down into the different categories. So there's two kinds, like fermented fermented and distilled. So right. with fermented alcohol, it will not exceed like 15 to 20% ABV without being modified in some kind of way. Right. Okay. So. And we'll get to so the modified So that's as, in a as strong as you can get it. It's mm-hmm. just 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, which we know that rice, the rice wine Is about was 20. 20%, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the strongest things you can actually just ferment mm-hmm. on its own. Yeah. Interesting. So let's go over these these different types of fermented drinks. Okay. So there's beer, and within beer, there is ale and lager. Right. Um, and then there's wine. There's red, white, rosé, sparkling, and fortified. One of You know this. One of my absolute favorite wines is a fortified wine called port. And a fortified wine is when you have a combination of wine and you add some liquor to it. So, so it's just a little... A little Something extra to make it a little stronger. Yeah, a little something, a little something extra, kind of like our coffee. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's kind of like the rundown of basic fermented. Also, fun fact: Champagne is only from Champagne, France. Other, all other wine that is bubbly is sparkling. Okay. So, 
Um, so I want to go back a little bit to the beers. Of course you um, do. So you mentioned <laughs> we kind of glossed over it a little bit. So there was ale and lagers. Those mm-hmm. are the different types here. Um, so just a little bit of, about that. The, the difference between them um, is basically they use a different kind of yeast, um, and they're they're made a little bit a little bit differently. Ales are generally your heavy, thicker, fuller flavored. Um, so these are these are some of the, your more craft breweries are, are are doing ales. Ales are heavier. Yeah, yeah, they're typically like they don't a lot feel heavy. a lot heavier than uh, yeah, definitely. Because um, lagers would be th- log- lagers would be things more like. Um, like like Budweiser oh. and things like that. I can, um, so they're generally like light, crisp, and, and like very clean tasting. Then what's like a Guinness? That's a stout, right? Yeah, so a Guinness is a stout. Um, I actually don't know what makes it a stout. Um, I don't I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, we'll probably do an, an episode on beer. Yeah. This is like, this is high level thinking stuff. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't know that, though. We don't really have time to go into all of that tonight, but I just want to kind of talk a little bit about those. Oh, wait. I missed cider. Cider is also a fermented drink. Right. So cider is just... Fermented fruit um, juice. <laughs> so you, Fermented fruit. So you just take literally some, some fruit juice. You just let mm-hmm. it sit and get f- nice and fermented. That's pineapple and, juice and then, in there, I think, might and be. And then you'll make some cider. <laughs> um, and then back to the wines just a little bit. So we've oh, got yeah. red wine, white wine, uh, rosé sparkling wine um so red wines everybody i mean everybody has seen red wine and white wine um but a little bit about what what makes them red or white um basically all comes down to the skins right Mm -hmm. so just the skin of the of the grapes being left in the mix when that when it's fermenting Um, yep how long like the the skins are there or not depends like that's how you get rosé. You leave them in for a little bit, then you take them out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but if you just leave it in there for, for a while, it turns into red wine. Mm-hmm. Um, white wine, you just take the, the skins completely off. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned rosé, so it's, they're just in there for a little bit. Um, sparkling wine, most people have probably had. Yeah. And there are a few different processes, too, on how you can make sparkling. Like, sometimes it's, like, naturally carbonated, and I think that's called a pet nat. But right, like then nat. there's and So that's basically where, like... The gases from the fermentation, mm-hmm. right? Create the... And you, you just do it in like a sealed environment. Yep. And it, it carbonates itself. Yep. And then you can obviously add... Just add carbonation like yeah. you would do to soda, soda. or anything yeah, like that. exactly. Okay. Um, all right, so those are our fermented drinks. Now on to our fun ones. Not that the other ones aren't fun, but uh, distilled. The next category is distilled. This is our... These are the hard drinks. Yes. The liquors and spirits. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to start us off on the on the first one there? Uh, sure. So our first liquor we've got listed here is vodka. Um, and vodka you've got here, it's defined as neutral flavored clear spirit that's generally made from grains or potatoes. Mm-hmm. So this was news to me. I always yeah. thought it was just potatoes. Me I too. didn't realize it could just be made from any grains too. Me too. And like my, like obviously the internet's a weird place, but um, like, yeah, I thought it was always potatoes. So yeah. I thought that was super interesting. Um, um, and so again, neutral flavored. So they don't really add anything to it right. to like make it taste. I mean, unless you're getting these special flavored, flavored, flavored vodkas. Yeah. Um, but that distinguishes it, is, it from the next one. 
from gin, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so our next one, gin, um, essentially flavored, but not necessarily sweetened vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is basically they've taken vodka, they've flavored it with various. You've got various botanicals and spices, um, but most importantly, the the most important ingredient is the juniper berry Mm -hmm. so it must be flavored with juniper berries to make it gin right or else Uh, it's probably just vodka at that point right and so that's where i was i was a little um under a a different um mindset i always thought that gin was actually just distilled from juniper berries yeah um so Mm -hmm. so you're telling me so it's actually it's just vodka That's just flavored with Yeah, essentially, berries. yeah. Like, I mean, if I'm wrong, y'all can email me and correct me. But, yeah, according to what I found, it's, yeah, it's vodka that's gin. I mean, the, that vodka that's gin. <laughs> oh, boy. No, it's um, vodka that's flavored with juniper berry. That's what makes it gin. Right. So do they just put, like, the, the juice in there, or how do they do that? I don't know, actually, because, like, I, I mean, I've seen a juniper tree, and it's basically pine. Right. You know, I mean, oh, my gosh. Gin is like, like, it's like drinking pine salt. It's, it, I mean, no, no offense pre- to you out there strong. who like gin, but <laughs> it's intense. Um, you definitely have to have an acquired taste. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like distilled with, like, that's the thing. Cause like the distillation process is essentially where you like boil alcohol, like right. you boil it and then it, and you capture the vapor, capture the vapor. So I don't know if like the juniper is like boiled with the juniper berry and that's, or like the juniper stuff. And that's what makes it, or you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if it, the gin is added like during the distillation process, or not gin, juniper right. is added during or after. Hmm. So maybe we need to do a whole episode on gin too. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so the next one is your favorite. Yeah. So it is whiskey. So Scotch, bourbon, rye whiskey are all types of whiskey. Um, for whiskey to be whiskey, it has to be distilled from fermented grain juice. So we will for sure do an episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll on do one on whiskey. There are so many different yeah. kinds of whiskeys. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so they take grain juice. Um, a lot of places will use corn. You you'd mentioned rye whiskey, so that's just made from like the rye. Um, Fun fact, my mom, as a kid, well, maybe not as a kid, as a teenager, had a dog that she named Whiskey. So, that's a good name. Good, good strong name for a dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, this next one is, are you are you good with whiskey? or? Yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead. Okay. Um, our next one is rum. One of my Ana- favorites. Yeah, this is another... another, um, another Popular f- one in the Morton household. Yeah. Um... So, rum is distilled from sugarcane or molasses. Right. So, I knew that. So, uh, typically, it was made in uh, a lot of the Caribbean islands uh, where sugarcane ran rampant on a lot of those islands. That was, like, some of their biggest crops. Yeah. Um, So, they were making a lot of rum. uh, So, that's, that's why... Hold up, though. If we get our own molasses, can we make our own rum? Mm, possibly. Okay. I can I'm, look into that. I'm about that life. Um, but, so that's kind of why you get uh, the stereotype of a lot of pirates drinking it is because it was very popular on these Caribbean islands because they had so much sugar, sugar cane. cane. yeah. Um, it was also pretty popular in southern states because sugar cane was a very popular... True. Um, a very popular crop in the southern 
in the in the south. Um, so they actually made a lot of, of rum um, down in the south. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so the next one we've got is tequila. Uh, tequila is made by distilling the fermented blue agave. So. so I'm not really sure what that is. I know it's some kind of plant. Mm-hmm. It, I've always felt like it looks kind of like aloe. It does actually but, very much. But so it's like this really like kind of spiky looking. It's got these big leaves. Yeah, doesn't um, it have like a pineapple looking thing on top too. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm. But kidding. that's one of the things. So like agave, that's one of the things they make just sweetener with, right? That's. Mm-hmm. That's a new sweetener that a lot of people are using. Yeah, agave nectar. Agave right? nectar. So that's the same thing that they make tequila from. I think so. Interesting. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Like, and tequila, like I said, like a lot of these, you know, when I was talking earlier about the history, like a lot of these developed from like whatever local crop like they had around. So, right. so they just had a ton of these agave. And so, yeah, it does look, if anybody knows what aloe looks like it kind of looks a little bit like that only it's a little more spread out um and then yeah it does have these little fruits that look kind of like pineapples or pine cones or something like that that's so cool um but yeah so that's that's the agave um and so tequila you just distill the juice from those Mm -hmm. i'm I'm assuming those little fruits that they come with yeah i would guess Um, so and so it does I'm, I'm dying heard. to know, does tequila make her clothes fall off? <laughs> that is an excellent question. Okay. So I guess that'll be a question for a later date. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've heard that before. I have too. Um, I think there's a song about it, right? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So onward. <laughs> Brandy. She's a fine girl. Yep. What a good wife she would be. Um, so what? what is Brandy? Brandy is made by distilling fermented fruit juice technically um any fruit juice any fermented fruit juice will do mm-hmm. but um the majority of the time fermented grapes aka wine right. is used okay so they're basically taking like wine or ciders or anything like that mm-hmm. and then they're just distilling that so they're like boiling that and just like concentrating it yep that sounds interesting i've never had brandy Me but either. uh i kind of want to try it now that sounds delicious i know knowing it's made from fruit juice i'm like heck yeah i'm all about it yeah it's, it's sounds so healthy right <laughs> <laughs> this is i'm doing a cleanse i'm drinking only brandy <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's just a fruit juice diet so okay um our last liquor um we've got moonshine okay so moonshine is essentially unaged corn whiskey right so so corn, so moon, so whiskey again made from any kind of grain. Corn whiskey is a very popular whiskey, um, but moonshine. The difference is it's it's not aged at all. It's just distilled, and so it's just like pure raw, mm-hmm. just alcohol. Yep. Um, and then so it's a lot of times it's it's going to be very harsh, very very strong and like super strong it burns <laughs> yeah um so, whereas the difference between most whiskeys they age it a lot of times in like oak barrels yeah um and that's what usually gives it it's uh it's like amber color uh so but moonshine itself is moonshine is just it's clear because yeah. it's not aged in those barrels so that makes that begs the question where does it fit in here i know that it's un or that it's not aged corn whiskey however vodka is made is defined as a spirit that is made from grains corn's a grain so is moonshine vodka or is it whiskey hmm. 
It's a good question. And if you have juniper flavored moonshine, moonshine, is it just gin? Is it just gin? I would think so. I would think a lot of people that are making moonshine are not flavoring it with juniper berries. Well, yeah, true. But I'm just curious. Like we, these are the questions these, that we need answered. Exactly. Um, so. so that's all of our liquors. Yeah. So the, um, another kind of distilled um, alcohol is liqueur, which is one one of which we are drinking right now. Right. So again, we're we're having some Irish cream um, in our coffee here. So that would be a type of liqueur. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, aged Irish whiskey. Well, technically, it's not really a liqueur. It's really more of just a mixed drink because it, it's actually made from Irish whiskey and it's just blended with some cream. So, yes, but liqueurs are technically sweetened spirits. Okay, so, so they're just, just any kind of spirit and then they, as long as it's sweetened. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what makes it a liqueur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for um, sure. So some of these we've got absinthe, mm-hmm. which I've always wanted to try some absinthe. I'm going to probably burst your bubble here. The hallucinogenic effects are only rumors. Really? Yeah. It's a myth? Yeah. I suspected so. <laughs> um, we've got Amaretto, um, which is really good. Um, Aperol? I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's really popular in European country, I, countries. I believe it's either French or Italian. Like I think the, the description that I had was an Italian uh, digestif. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> uh, Averna. One thing I didn't realize was um, a liqueur, which I probably should have, was um, Grand uh, Marnier. Grand Marnier. Yeah, and I don't know what I thought it was, but I just... I, for the longest time, I didn't know what it was, um, but yeah, it, it is a liqueur. It's like an orange-flavored liqueur. Although, I will say, some of these liqueurs are not really sweetened, if you want my honest opinion. Like... Let's see. Like Southern Comfort, that's not sweet. That's not sweet at all. I mean, (laughs) if you compare it to whiskey or anything, it's very sweet. It still burns. If it still burns, it's it's not sweet. It burns, but that doesn't mean it's not sweet. (laughs) It can can burn and and still be sweet. I don't know about all that. (laughs) My ice cream never burns me. Ever. (laughs) It also won't get you drunk. That's true. That's true. Although, some of the first milkshakes were... um, alcoholic they had like liquor in them or alcohol in them of some kind alcoholic milkshakes are awesome i've never had one We're, we need to go we there's do. there's several places around here that do that let's do it next um, date night yeah so there, <laughs> i mean there's a ton of different liqueurs you i mean we could list them all night um but we're not going to so we listed off a few um absinthe amaretto um some of the more popular ones bailey's uh, Drambuie, Fireball. A yeah. lot of people probably heard of Fireball, not really realized that it was a liqueur. I didn't either. Uh, but yeah, because it's kind of so sweet yeah, and flavored. That's true. Um, it's considered a liqueur. I will say, um, I want to, I want to circle back to Moonshine too, because like, I feel like a lot of these places, like if you've ever been to Gatlinburg, they've got Moonshine that has peaches in it. Would that be a liqueur? Because I mean, that's like the, I don't know. Yeah, so technically a lot of those that are like super sweet and flavored would probably be considered that. Uh, but then that would, we're kind of going into, you know, semantic territory that's here. That's true. That's uh, true. Because you got a lot of flavored, like sweetened vodkas, you know, Pinnacle, oh, Pinnacle Whipped, you know, all oh, those Pinnacle flavors. That's true. Technically, by those standards, those would be considered liqueurs, liqueurs. and not necessarily yeah. vodka. Very true. Um, so I think it's really just semantics at that point. True. Um, I think a lot of it's the intent. 
True. Good um, point. And I think, like, and I don't know, I, I consider ourselves, like, you and I incredibly lucky because we live here in Tennessee, like I said earlier, has such a rich history with, like, whiskey and moonshine. Like, it's yeah. always at our fingertips. Oh, yeah. So, Tennessee like, was, I mean, the Jack Daniels distillery is, like, just right down the road. Yeah, and then there's Short Mountain Distillery. There's, George like, Dickles all, yeah. is here, too. Yeah, there's so many. And, yeah. like, Old Smoky in Gatlinburg. You know. um, yeah, Old Smoky. Um, there's other moonshine. Um, well, Old Smoky's not just in Gatlinburg. That's another. Well, yeah, it's, it's in Gatlinburg. That's the only one I. That's. But I see it everywhere when we go to Gatlinburg. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the one that we usually go to though. It's not Old Smoky. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, it's like their own local one. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, so tons of different liqueurs, tons of different liquors, uh, liquors <laughs> in general. Alcohol is everywhere and is. Innumerous. Oh yeah. Um, Do you want to go ahead and learn some fun facts now? Yeah, that we've, so now me, that we're done being heady and let's, brainy, let's be super fun with alcohol. Okay, so one in five top one hundred country music songs refer to alcohol, which that sounds accurate. That checks out. That, I'm actually that actually <laughs> kind of sounds a little low Whoa, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I know, especially living here in like the country music capital of yeah. the world. <laughs> it seems um, like every other song is about it. Yeah, or at least I, mentions or it. Mentioned before. Tequila. Tequila makes your clothes fall off. off. Yep. Um, beer for my horses. Oh uh, yeah. There's just a ton of songs about alcohol. Yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, so there are approximately 49 million bubbles in a bottle of champagne. Wow. Right. That's, that's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> I don't know. How do you count that? Right. Yeah. Who who sits there and counts those bubbles? I'm going to need this fact check, like fact check. That's, <laughs> if you, in that fact, seems like a terrible job. If you are a bubble counter for champagne, email us. Tell us. Let us know. Yeah. Um, also, um, with champagne, um, there is third, or nope, 90 PSI of pressure in a bottle of champagne. And that's three times the pressure in your car tire. Yeah. that's Wow, that's a lot. So, um, so I used 90 to... 90 PSI. That's crazy. I used to sell wine. Right. And um, we had like sparkling sparkling wine and there was a girl who uh she left the left a bottle in her back seat and it got really hot and it it popped and it busted out her back window i was that was gonna be my next question yep. is what did it bust the window absolutely I'm not surprised those so, things can be dangerous exactly which is why you always hold it away from you when you open a bottle of champagne or yeah. sparkling wine uh, I know that this fact is a little tender for you, but uh, a gin and tonic will glow under a UV light because tonic water contains quinines, which are UV light reactive. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> not the gin part of it. I know we're not yeah, talking Yeah, I'm going to give you that. The fact is, is not really about the alcohol, alcohol in that drink, though, so that's kind of uh, I know. I know. questionable fact. <laughs> uh, but it is still interesting. Yeah, so... Um, this next one is pretty exciting to you. Yeah. This, yes. One of my heroes. <laughs> Scientist Nicholas, Nikola Tesla drank whiskey every day because he thought it would make him live to 150. Which, I mean, he lived to be like a, almost 90. I think it was late 80s. I feel so, like... So, I mean, that's pretty good because he was born in like 1850. That's something an alcoholic would say, though. Like, I need it to stay alive. I like. Mean, <laughs> It kind of worked, especially, I mean, if you know what he did. I mean, he played with electricity all the time. That's terrifying. So, I mean, to live that long, you know, at, at, at that day and age. Like, yeah, that's a good point. So, good point. I mean, you know, it, it kind of worked. Mm-hmm. It didn't, I mean, he didn't quite make it to his calculations, but. Almost. But yeah, he I was mean, playing with he was playing enough. with electricity. So, I mean, I feel like it balances out, right? Right. 
cheating death at that point. So the last fact I have is that the 1st of March is known as Alcohol Day. Oh, so that's that's a month away. Um, we're recording this. This is February 1st now, so a month from today is Alcohol Day, so we'll definitely be observing that this year. Yeah, we're going to have to I've celebrate. I've never known, known that before. I know. Um, but yeah, so so that's that's really all the facts That's here. what we've got about alcohol. Um, do you have anything else you wanted to bring up not about that. alcohol? No, not that I can think of. All right. I've had fun on our date, though. Yeah, this has been great. Um, so thank you guys for joining us on our date night. Um, again, this is Bart and Sam with Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Um, if you have comments, questions, corrections, ideas for things for us to talk about, then shoot us an email. Yeah, you shoot us an email anytime, and that our email is datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all one word, date night, D-A-T-E-N-I-G-H-T, coffee shop, C-O-F-F-E-E-S-H-O-P. You get an A. <laughs> yeah, at gmail.com. Awesome. Was, Bye, guys. I'm a great speller. Um, yes, thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope to see you guys again. Uh, bye. Yeah.